Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Cork, Ireland with my new friend Amber Haggerty of AmberEverywhere.com. She moved to Ireland in August 2020 and loved Cork's rebellious nature, the friendliness of the locals, and proximity to the rest of Europe. In this episode, Amber and I talk about kissing the Blarney Stone, attending the Midsummer Festival, and getting amazing views of the city from Elizabeth Fort. You hear about these three amazing experiences, plus a bunch more. If you know someone that wants to visit Ireland, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide of Amber's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash cork. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Amber, welcome to the show. Lee, thank you so much for having me on. Today, we're talking about Cork, Ireland, and I had such a wonderful time visiting Dublin a, f- a few years ago. And so anytime you know, I have somebody talking about the, you know, the Irish culture and, and the Irish country, I'm super excited to have you on and, and learn all about the country and figure out more places to be able to go explore the next time I'm in that area. Yeah, absolutely. And I love talking about Ireland. Um, so I'm super excited for our conversation. For people that aren't familiar with Cork, where is it at in the country? Ireland is an island. So Dublin is sort of on the east, slightly north of center on the east. And then Cork is all the way in the bottom, kind of in the middle. Um, So all the way in the south, right, kind of in the middle of the island. Oh, okay, okay. And we were talking beforehand, one one of the good things is that because you are so far north above the equator, that summertime when we're recording this here, you have like just awesome long days where you get to enjoy the sunlight for so long and everything, right? So like the sun sets around like nine o'clock? It's the best. Yeah. In the summer, especially around the solstice, the sunsets are beautiful and they come around nine, nine thirty, and you can still kind of see whispers of light later into the evening. It's so nice. Definitely one of my favorite parts about the summer. That's awesome. So for people wanting to kind of maximize their day, like is the summertime like one of the best times to come visit? Okay. This is my secret timing insight that I recently learned. So we have this beautiful weather in May, and I recently learned that there's a superstition around it. So it corresponds, this beautiful end of May, early June weather corresponds with when the high school students or the secondary students are finishing their exams. So it's called leaving cert weather. So the the superstition is that the most beautiful weather of the year is always right around when they're taking their exams. Because I I had noticed it was always this last couple weeks of May. So I think the absolute best time to come is right at the end of May, right before the tourist season kind of kicks off. And when everybody is hopefully, there's no guarantees with Irish weather, but hopefully the weather is really beautiful and everyone is kind of coming outside for the first time. So if you if you had a full calendar year to pick from, I would say end of May, early June is like the absolute best time to come. That sounds awesome. I would say 
it's been a little while since I've been in school, but <laughs> but I would say that's that's like kind of torturous to having like the best weather while you're there, supposed to be focusing on your exams. Yeah, like, you know, you're looking out the window and like it's like you know, bright, beautiful days, and you're like, I gotta take this like English lit test or like this calculus test or or whatever. It'd be hard to concentrate. I, I'm I'm just saying that now. Yeah, and the birds are looking at you like, what are you doing? It's so nice outside. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess the, the, that's motivation to hurry up and get get your test done fast, so that way you can go out there and, and go enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for people planning a, a visit to Cork, you know, like you said, like you know, Dublin's more kind of in the the middle of the country, and Cork's in the in the southern portion. Is there a flight from the U.S. into Cork, or do we fly into Dublin and then drive or fly to Cork? How do we get there? So we do actually have an airport in Cork, um, just called Cork Airport. It's super convenient for a few destinations. So you might be able to fly directly in if you go through London. Most people from the U.S. won't be able to do that. They'll need to fly either into Dublin or there's another airport in the West called Shannon, uh, kind of by Galway. And so either of those airports are, I think they're both about three hours from Cork, maybe three and a half. So you can fly into Dublin or Shannon and take a bus or rent a car either way to get to Cork. Or if you're coming from somewhere else in Europe, if maybe Ireland isn't your first stop, if you're going through London, there's easy daily flights to Cork from London and Amsterdam, a few other places. Nice. That, um, that, that's one of the things I love about Europe is that once you get there, there's like there's super cheap flights, cheap trains and everything like that. It's super easy to get around. You just got to get on the continent, right? Yeah. <laughs> Once you're there, like, you know, from a, from the American standpoint, a lot of times like, oh, I got to get a flight to X city. You don't have to do that. If you can find a cheap flight to, to Rome or to Madrid or Paris or something like that from there, just get there. And then, then you can get that, that cheap Ryanair flight or something like that to get to whatever other city you want to get to. Yeah, absolutely. And I always think about it in terms of flexibility. If you can get that one cheap flight and then you can kind of see where the hubs are connected to that place, then you can honestly get around quite cheaply. Just in general, the more flexibility you have, especially in Europe, the better. But yeah, you can see you can see quite a lot of the continent for not a lot of money if you, you know, have some have some wiggle room to play with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, so say we, we take one of those flights and we land at, at the Cork airport uh, from there to the city. How do we get there and how do we get around? Is there public transportation? Do we rent a car? Is there Uber? Like, how does that work? So we don't have Uber just to get from the airport into the city is very easy. There are taxis. It's about a 20 euro ish taxi ride. And then you can also take public transit very easy. The reason that I would hesitate to tell you to do those things is that most people are going to be going elsewhere in Ireland. And Cork is a great jumping off point for a number of day trips in the area. And really, if you're going outside of the city, you probably actually do want a car. So I would strongly recommend that if you're visiting Ireland, you you really think about renting a car. Not so much for Cork. Within Cork, you'll probably walk almost everywhere. But just, you know, when you're ready to go outside of the city, you'll probably probably want to drive. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So so maybe if you're going to spend like say three or four days in Cork, it doesn't make sense to rent a car for those days. Uh, so use the public transportation, walk around and everything like that, and then rent the car to be able to go off to your next destination. That's probably the better way to save a little bit of money. Yeah, that's what I would recommend. 
So, okay, so we take public transportation or we get our car. We're now in Cork. Are there certain areas of town that we should look at as far as booking our hotel? And are there some of the major brands like there are in the U.S., like you know Marriott and Hilton, Hyatt, those type of things? Or is it more of like Airbnbs or bed and breakfast type of spots or just like local boutique hotels? Mm, great question. So we don't have very many, if any, large hotel brands. Uh, Cork's just a little bit small for that. So most of what you'll find will be bed and breakfasts and hotels. And then there are some Airbnbs. My caveat with Airbnbs in Ireland is that they're very closely regulated. So you can look at them. There's there's nothing wrong with with using an Airbnb, but you might you might have a nicer experience in a hotel. Um, it might be more insulated. It might just be a little bit more comfortable in what you're used to. So I would personally in Ireland in, in particular, lean towards the hotels if you can. Just I think you'll just have a little bit of an easier time navigating it. And in terms of where to stay in the city, you'll notice that the hotels and probably the Airbnbs are clustered. So we have some in the city center, which is right along the Grand Parade and, and near the university. So all of that area has hotels and that, that's a great place to stay. And then another place that you'll find hotels clustered is in the Victorian Quarter, which is just a little bit north of the city. And for context, all of these places are walkable. Everything I just mentioned, you could walk in 30 minutes. So don't worry too much about where you are. When you're in Cork, I would recommend that you just pick a hotel that you like because everything is close enough as long as it's about a 20-minute walk from the English market, which is sort of our main central landmark. You should be really comfortable. The city is very safe. Um, so it's not a place where you have to localize too much, in my opinion. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have any uh, any favorites of of the hotels that uh, somebody's looking to book something and they go, oh yeah, you know this this one was highly recommended. I love the Gabriel House. It's in the Victorian Quarter. I stayed there with my dad and my sister, and it has this beautiful patio out in the back that overlooks the city and they make you breakfast in the morning. You can have breakfast on the patio and they have like ducks and I think a pig. Um, so just a really cute space. And it just was a very nice, very comfortable um, bed and breakfast. And the breakfast was great. So that would be my top pick is the Gabriel house. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Now, um, like we're talking about when we were, when we're coming out of Cork, what are some of like the main attractions and, and are there any like festivals or annual events that maybe somebody wants to plan their trip around? Yes. So the main landmarks kind of at a, a broad level would be the Victorian quarter. So you can walk around there, some pubs there. I really like the Shelburne bar, the Shelburne bar, which is uh, an Irish whiskey spot. And they have they're like the hub of Irish whiskey in the city and they are super knowledgeable. So if you're interested in, in Irish whiskey, I would go to the Shelburne bar and then a little bit over in Shandon, there's St. Anne's church. They have uh, a setup where you can ring the bells and play a song and they have this gorgeous view out over the city. I think it's five euros to get in. So that's a great spot just to kind of be on the North side and, and looking out. And then in the city center, uh, the English market is sort of our main hub. So it's this giant covered market and they sell, it's mostly a food market. So all sorts of food and little gifts and things. They have the sandwich stall. So you can grab a cheap 
they're like five or six euros, a cheap sandwich and, uh, and take it out for a picnic. So it's really cute, definitely worth seeing. And then the, we have the, our kind of main commercial street is Oliver Plunkett Street. So that's where you'll find most of the pubs and, and some of the shopping. So it's very lively. I would definitely recommend just going for a little walk along there, along Oliver Plunkett Street. Do you have any favorite uh, pubs along that street? Ooh, um, yes. So I would say the most popular is Crane Lane. They have a lot of dancing and things on the weekends. I think they might even, they are known for having some Irish step dancing. So you could always check the schedule. I don't know if they'll have it when you visit the Crane Lane. And then there is another bar just called Oliver Plunkett, which is really big. It's just a nice place to sit and have a quick pint. So I would say those are my my two favorites. They're right next to each other. But you can always, you know, if they're ever full, you can duck your head in. There's a really cute wine bar called Meads Bar. I think it's either the Meads Bar or Meads 26. Um, and so that's a really cute wine bar that's right along that street also. So lots of little spots to to duck into. Oh, that sounds awesome. Now, as far as when people are planning the trip throughout the year, uh, are there certain festivals or, or annual events that, that somebody wants to plan the trip around? So I would say that the main one is St. Patrick's Day. So St. Patrick's Day is every is every March, and that is a huge deal throughout Ireland. In Cork, we have a big parade. We have, obviously, people go into the pubs. Um, they deck out in green and Irish flags. It's really fun. And they even in most years we'll have some some high school bands from the US or college bands from the US come to do our parades. So it's just a really fun time. I would say definitely St. Patrick's Day would be one worth planning your trip around. In the summer, we have this wonderful festival just wrapped up called the Cork Midsummer Festival. Um, so that's all about celebrating the arts. They bring in they bring in artists from across Europe and they have pretty big uh, European names. I've seen a, a play by Shabon McSweeney. If you've watched Dairy Girls, she played the nun. So she did a she did a play. So it's just a really great art-centric experience. And a, about half of the events are free. So you can come every year during June. It's about two weeks in June and get a sense of some of the more avant-garde art that's happening in Cork. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then uh, throughout the rest of the year, there are some smaller festivals, but I would say those are the two to really have on your radar. Oh, right on. Now, when I was doing a little research for the episode, I, I came across something called the Elizabeth Fort. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I love Elizabeth Fort. So on the other side of the city, so on the south side of the city, there is this old fort and you can go in and walk uh, out to this gorgeous viewpoint and it's free to enter. You can wander around. Ireland has these military forts that are small fortresses. They're really just walls, but they're kind of impressively built because they're made to protect the city. So they have this viewpoint that you can walk up to and look out and see uh, St. Finbar's Cathedral, this beautiful cathedral, my favorite cathedral. And then also the River Lee, which runs through the city and just get a great, a great view out of the city from the other side. So it's just a great spot to visit. I would say just a quick warning, if anyone's traveling with really little kids, there are a couple of scary historical elements. So just take a quick look on Google and just make sure it's not going to be too scary, but older kids and, and adults should be fine. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, my kids are eight and 12 and I, I travel with them a lot. And, um, 
I, I, I always figure if they can if they can handle South Park and The Walking Dead, then they can pretty much handle everything that we see yeah. on the on our travels, right? So, <laughs> yeah, there are some heads on spikes. So I don't know if you you can take that out if you need, but uh, yeah, there are some okay. heads. Some, <laughs> uh, just scarier, maybe a little scary for someone who's really little. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the last thing you want to see when you're when you're five years old is is somebody's head on a spike looking back at you. Yep. So. <laughs> Speaking of another like family friendly thing to do, uh, I saw that there's uh, something called Fitzgerald Park. It seemed like a cool place just to go kind of hang out and go for a nice walk. Oh, it's so beautiful. So Fitzgerald Park is kind of our main city park in Cork, and it has a just beautiful green spaces, a really nice fountain. There is on the topic of kid friendly, there's a really cool playground. Uh, it's pretty sizable. And you can go and, and wander around. It's a free thing to do. Um, just hang out at the park and it overlooks the river. So it's a kind of calm section of the river Lee. So sometimes you'll see people even diving in, but it's a little bit fast at that point. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the park is really calm. And then in the park, there's the Cork Public Museum. So you can pop your head in. It's also free. And they have a lot of just artifacts from Cork's history. And my favorite part is there's this big interactive map of Cork and it goes through Cork's medieval. So Cork actually was a medieval city. So it has all of the medieval landmarks that they, that archeologists have been finding over time. And you can kind of push a button and light it up and see, you know, where, where pieces of old city walls were or old granaries or that, that sort of thing. So if you're into that, type of history. It's also very cool and it's free. So uh, it only takes a few minutes and it's definitely worth doing when you pop your head into the park. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's one of the things I like to do whenever I travel with my kids is like, look, we're going to be missing school a little bit. And so if we try to try to infuse a little bit of education into the travels, then that way it makes it a little bit easier uh, when you go back to and you don't get like the nasty grams from the teacher, you know, <laughs> from missing school too much. Now, one of the other things like, um, when we were looking at things to do is I saw there's something called a Garrettstown beach. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's like a, a, a cool place to go hang out and maybe even get a sauna. Right. That is one of my favorite things to do in Ireland. So Garrettstown beach is not actually in Cork, but it's nearby. It's probably a 30 minute drive from Cork. So one of those things just outside the city. So Ireland is a place where the locals really love to go to the beach, but people who visit rarely think to do it. So going to a beach is already a local thing to do, uh, which I didn't know until I moved here, to be totally honest. Um, so Garrettstown Beach has a sauna. You can go um, pay, I think it's 40 euros a person. That obviously could change, but uh, you can go and sit for the sauna and it's right next to the ocean. There's a big window that overlooks the beach. And so when you've warmed up in the sauna, you can go run into the ocean and then go back into the sauna and they have hour long slots. And it's so fun, especially on a colder day. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but if you're visiting Ireland during the middle of the winter, it can be a really fun way to kind of enjoy being outside um, and enjoy the ocean because you have a way to really warm up after and it can be hard to really get warm sometimes <laughs> in Ireland. So 
it's a really fun activity. I did it uh, with my sister when she visited in March and it's very relaxing. They do a really nice job with the sauna itself. They use um, like essential oil. So it's really nice and clean and has just, again, this beautiful view out. So while you're sitting in the sauna, you can just watch the waves roll in. So anyway, it's, it's just one of my favorite things to do. And it would, it, there's won't be very many tourists, if any, so it'll feel very local. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It sounds very relaxing as well. So now uh, speaking of one of the other things that I, that's not necessarily in the city of Cork, but it's, but it is nearby within the close drive. When people hear Ireland, they always like, you know, there's always like the, the story that you hear like on movies or TV shows, like a kiss in the Blarney stone and everything like that. Like that's actually near Cork, right? Yes. So Blarney is just outside of Cork. It's about 20 minutes in the other direction from the beach. So Blarney is a town in the town. There is Blarney Castle and the castle is surrounded by these amazing gardens. One of them is a poison garden. Uh, So they just planted a, a bunch of poisonous plants. So you can walk through that. That's a pretty small part of it. But in the surrounding area, there are just these stunning green spaces. So I would say definitely Blarney is worth doing, but leave yourself more time than just kissing the stone so that the castle it's when you walk in you'll want to go to the castle and the stone is at the very top one thing that i think most people don't know is that it's kind of scary to kiss this blarney stone um the way it's have you have you done it did you go when you were no in Ireland? I, I didn't do it no Okay, so you you climb to the top of this castle and then you lay on your back and they kind of help you edge over the edge of the cliff wall. And so you're looking at the ground upside down, um, holding onto these two bars, and then you kiss a stone. It's kind of, you're kind of wedging your head upside down in between the two walls. So (laughs) it is scarier than people would imagine. (laughs) So, Oh yeah. That, that that sounds a little, uh, a little risky. You know? Yeah, it's. I don't think anything's ever happened. I don't think it's. I think it's like a zip line kind of scary thing where it okay. feels scary to do, but I don't think there's somebody holding you. I I don't think it's actually very dangerous. But just so you know, it's a little bit more of an adventurous activity than just walking up, kissing a stone, and walking away. <laughs> oh sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, right on. Well, uh, one thing that is uh, kind of essential when you're traveling is like checking out the local food, and I, and I think that we don't want to miss talking about some of like the the recommendations of like the, the amazing food that's there in Cork. Like, what are a couple of your recommendations for for good food experiences? Yeah, so I want to just say at the top, one of the things I love the most about Cork is that it is the food capital of Ireland. So it is the place in the in the country where you'll find most of the best food, and most of the food, most of the restaurants, I would say, fall under, I call it kind of general category of modern European. And then you'll find some some uh, localized cuisine also from, from different countries and then some Irish food. But I would say most things that will feel Irish will be kind of under the larger umbrella of, of modern European. But yeah, so some great spots to visit. Market Lane is always a favorite. That is kind of classic modern European dishes. So they'll have things like steak. They'll have curries. People love curries in Ireland. Um, they'll have cauliflower bites, those sorts of things. So uh, so they have a pretty big menu. Um, and then there'll also be some local produce. So it's a great spot. It's especially if you're visiting with diverse eaters, <laughs> um, they'll have something on the menu for everybody. So that's a great spot. Another wonderful one is Latitude. So Latitude is a wine bar and they have 
sort of modern tapas. And they have like an amazing char-grilled broccolini uh, and then a charcuterie plate. So, uh, so that's a wonderful spot. And the people serving wine are super knowledgeable. So Latitude's a really, really fun one. If you're interested in what Irish interpretations of Mexican food are, remember, we're really far from Mexico in Ireland. <laughs> um, but if, you're, if you've been traveling in Europe for a while and you just want some tacos, we have a place called Tequila Jack's which I affectionately call Irish chilies um, because it reminds me of chilies in the U.S. Uh, and I've been living abroad for a while, so close enough is good enough for me. And they have margaritas, tacos, kind of a, a general Tex-Mex menu. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if Taco Bell qualifies as Mexican food in the U.S., I'm sure Tequila Jack's qualifies <laughs> in Ireland. <laughs> yep. And... One last one is I always, always, always tell people to try an Irish breakfast while they're in Ireland. So the Irish breakfast spread is really big. It has things like toast, but also uh, black and white pudding, sausages, eggs. It's a whole, it's a whole fry up and you can get the cheapest version that I think is also one of the best at uh, a place called Weatherspoons. So Weatherspoons is a chain of pubs in the UK and we have one in Cork, um, but you can get a full Irish breakfast for like less than 10 euros. So that's the place I would say to do it unless they have it at your hotel. Okay. Awesome. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Absolutely. One of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Amber, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips for Cork. I've learned so much. And uh, like I said, I love going to Ireland and I can't wait to Come check out Cork when uh, on my next trip. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Cork, where should they go and what should they eat? So if you only have time for one meal, go to the Good Day Deli, which is set in the Nanonagel place. Good Day Deli is this incredible, it's not really a deli. It's really more like a cafe uh, set in these gardens um, in kind of the north part of the city. Um, so really close to St. Finbar's Cathedral and the Elizabeth Fort. And they have a really small menu. My absolute favorite thing is the halloumi stack, which is sort of like a, it's a halloumi Benedict. And they have a mackerel Benedict that's also very popular. They can accommodate any dietary restrictions your group might have. They're wonderful, but they have these tables that overlook, like I said, it's just beautiful gardens. And I actually decided to move to Cork while I was at the Good Day Deli for the first time eating strawberry pancakes. And I looked around and thought, this is it. This is where I want to move um, kind of <laughs> in between bites uh, of pancakes. So I would say definitely if you only have one meal, go to the Good Day Deli for brunch. That's pretty awesome. It's like the, I see this Instagram meme recently. It's like five minutes in this country and they're like, I could live here. Right. Yeah. And so that was, that was like your experience. Yeah. And, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Well, it's obviously working out for you. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And like you said, you've been in Cork for a few years now. Uh, and so I'm, I'm sure you created some really amazing memories. Like what's one of the most memorable. Okay. So this story involves a little bit of an accent. So Ireland has a lot of different accents. So each region has its own accent. There are two accents in Dublin. I've heard there are actually two accents in Cork. And the Cork accent is known for being very rounded. Um, so having these really big, bright O sounds like Cork. So my favorite Cork memory ever was when I first moved, I watched this younger girl. She was maybe in her early 20s and she was walking down the sidewalk and she looks at her phone 
throws her arms up in the air and yells in this just clear as anything cork accent. Oh no, Tesco's going to be closed, but like, but with her accent, which I, I will try, but I just full disclaimer, I'm not very good at it, but it was like, Oh no, Tesco's going to be closed. And it just had this perfect, <laughs> inca- it was just the perfect sentence for showcasing the accent. And she just kind of threw her arms up in the middle of the sidewalk and, and exclaimed it. And it was it still is one of my favorite cork memories. Just it was so it was just so perfect <laughs> for just an introduction to the city. Also, Tesco closes at 10 p.m. It was probably like 9:58. And it is an experience I've had about a hundred times since then. And I just remind remember it so fondly. So I think just in cork in general, the locals are really fun and they're really quirky and they love, you know, they're just very expressive. And so it just for me, that moment just captured everything that I love about the city. Oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah, I, I feel for her because I've I've been that person showing up like literally as they're closing the doors. I just need something really quick. Right? <laughs> <It's>, oh, no. <laughs> it's so relatable. Anyway. Yeah, I, and you can you can see the person's eyes like as they're, the, the worker, like they're rolling their eyes like, oh, another one of these. Another one of these guys. Keep so. walking. <laughs> So anyways, speaking of uh, fun times and and happy memories and getting places before they close, where's the happiest happy hour in Cork? So I love the Friary, which is a Nicolas Cage themed bar. Okay, that's maybe a little bit strong. It is a bar with a strong Nicolas Cage overtone. Um, And they have, (laughs) I think, some of the best beer in the city. They have great beers on tap. Um, They also will have wine and, and other drinks. And it's very local feeling, you know, there's kind of junk around in the upstairs area. So it makes it feel really homey, kind of like a college bar or even maybe like a college coffee shop. And it just has this very fun energy, super fun people working and really reasonable price drinks. And you can go and they have just any Nicolas Cage themed poster or or blanket or artwork <laughs> that you've ever seen will probably be on the walls. And it's just this quirky, fun spot where you can meet kind of the younger, I think, funkier crowd in Cork. That is so awesome. Like Nick Cage probably gets a little bit uh, of a bad reputation with some of the movie choices, but hey, you know what? I love his characters. And it's like <laughs> talking about <laughs> facial expressions and everything like that. Like he's got it dialed in. So I, I'm happy to, to hang out with Nick Cage any day. I love an homage and I think it's perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, one of the things I always do whenever I, I travel is check out the local pizza. Uh, what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Cork? Pompeii Pizza in the Franciscan Well. Um, so the Franciscan Well is a brewery. And then in the back, they have sort of like a food truck, but it's built in this pizza place called Pompeii Pizza. And they have wood-fired pizza. They have a big, giant pizza oven going. And they have uh, two pages of, of different flavors. So you can get a version that will be similar to pepperoni. They also have like black pudding. If you've been wanting to try black pudding, they have one on a pizza. They have vegan options, vegetarian options. So another place to go where they'll have something for everyone and it's pretty affordable. And then you can pair it with a beer from the brewery that's on site. So they have this gorgeous outside seating area if you visit during the summer. And then during the winter, they have a really cozy 
indoor pub area, um, pub atmosphere. So you really can't go wrong. I would say definitely grab a pizza from, from Pompeii and that's inside the Franciscan. Pizza and beer. You know, I, I can't go wrong with that for sure. So, so we're going to talk about your, your site in a minute here, but uh, I know you write about a lot about travel and obviously you're, you're traveling a lot back and forth between, you know, home in the U S and, and the home in, in Cork. Uh, so I'm sure you've amassed a lot of uh, great travel tips. What's one of your best? So whenever I travel, I love to have casual interactions with people in the city and it can be hard to do, especially if you're visiting somewhere where people, people in Ireland are friendly, but they're not necessarily outgoing towards strangers. And I think if you want to have an experience in Cork where you are really chatting with locals and, and able to connect with people, my biggest tip is just to make sure that you have your phone put away, have a like an open body language. So keep your kind of shoulders back, look approachable and go to a pub like the Franciscan Well or like the Shelburne Bar or the Crane Lane and go to those places and just kind of look approachable, sit at the bar if you're traveling alone or mingle with people if you're in a if you're in a smaller group and just kind of start up a conversation and just try to make your body look as as approachable and friendly as possible. I love to to have those conversations with locals and you can, you can just ask them, you know, are, are you from Cork? And, and usually once you kind of get them going, people in Ireland and Cork especially are very friendly and they're really open to talking and, and carrying a conversation. But just that first little bit takes the most courage. And I think having, having open body language will just really set you up for success. Absolutely. I totally agree. I'm, I've, I've always been that person. Like, you know, I, I'm always like asking the locals. I've sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm badgering them a little bit, right? Like about talking about best things to do and places to eat and everything. And, um, you know, that's why I have this podcast because a lot of people just don't necessarily feel comfortable or they're a little timid or, or afraid to bother somebody. But I think by listening to these episodes, you realize that people love their city. They love talking about the place where they live. And I can't wait to share some of their favorite places with you as long as you're, you're respectful and like don't you know, make their local spot a, a touristy spot, you know, but um, yeah, just don't be like, don't be afraid. Like people love talking about their city and it's like, it's like part of their body and part of their, part of their soul, you know? And so give them an opportunity to talk about it and just kind of sit back and, and soak it all in. It'll be a great time for sure. Yeah. And you can really set yourself up for success by just going somewhere just a touch outside of the main areas. So just just going one or two blocks out sometimes is enough, especially in Ireland, where the cities are a little bit smaller, to get into a more of a neighborhood pub. And just don't be afraid the pubs might look kind of closed off because you can't usually see inside from the street. Just open the door and walk in. People are really friendly and they're also usually pretty curious. So just you have my permission when you're in Cork to just if you <laughs> see a pub, just walk into it and just feel like you can do that. That's right. Stay away from the tourist spots. If you walk into a place and you see like five people with fanny packs, just keep on moving. Until until you find a place that doesn't have, that doesn't have people with fanny packs. Listen for the accents. You can tell pretty immediately if you're in a place that's full of American tourists or full of locals. So just just walk in and just kind of you know listen. And if you hear lots of Irish accents, then you're perfect. Right on, right on. Well, Amber, again, it's it's been great talking to you, and I've had so much fun learning all about Cork. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Amber Haggerty and I have a travel blog, Amber Everywhere. I write about 
primarily Ireland and Colorado, where I'm from. And so you can check out my my website, ambereverywhere.com. I'm also on Instagram, amber.everywhere. And I'd love to connect with travelers. So if you're interested in, in hearing from me more regularly, you can sign up for my newsletter, which is on my website. Right on. So uh, if somebody has questions about Cork or Colorado, should they reach out to you on Instagram? Is that the best way? On Instagram or on my website, I have a contact form. Either way is perfectly fine. I'll see both. We'll we'll definitely include links to all those, including your newsletter uh, in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on, Lee. And I can't wait for people to come to visit Cork and see a little bit of the city the way that I love to see it. What a wonderful conversation with Amber. Although I haven't been to Cork yet, when I visited Ireland a few years ago, the people were some of the friendliest I've ever met. I can't wait to visit Ireland with my family. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Amber's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash cork. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner of today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs that way you can stay wrinkle-free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEE to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as I interview my wife, Anna, about parents traveling without kids. In this episode... Anna and I talk about why it's important for couples to travel without their kids, how to plan a couple's trip, and how couples' vacations keep the romance going when everyday life gets in the way. We hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.